0: Is mainstream school failing your kids? The pandemic, with all the changes to schooling and daily life, is a moment of opportunity to rethink the educational path that works best for you and for your kids. So the question is, how can we as parents find alternative solutions that aren't necessarily having to do it all ourselves or pay for programs that we can't afford? I'm Jerry Kirk. And I'm Graham Kirk. Join us as we talk with families thriving on their own path We shared practical tips, wins, and challenges they've been through to help you on yours. We interview educational experts and parent entrepreneurs with education solutions for the modern age, so parents wanting a better alternative can make confident, informed choices. Welcome to the Modern Education Movement Podcast. You're ready for change. And so are we. Welcome back to the Modern Education Movement Podcast, and welcome back to you, Graham. Yeah, thank you. It's good to be back on the podcast. Yeah, it seems like it's been been ages since we've done uh, one together, but we've got an amazing guest today, another uh, youth who's doing some super cool stuff in the world, and um, we're looking forward to it. Yeah, so today we have an amazing
1: guest, Praja. Um, He's a 15-year-old student who is on a mission to empower students through the process of design thinking. Two years ago, Praja had an experience that changed his life forever. At an event called Design the Future, he collaborated with other youth to help design a better ankle brace for a multiple sclerosis patient. This experience taught him the power young people have to reshape their world. It also reinforced his conviction that problems can only be solved by questioning assumptions and involving those directly affected. At the same time, Praja noticed a lack of attention in the education system to core skills, such as critical thinking, problem solving, and creativity. He then founded Impact the Future, an organization aimed at teaching the process of design thinking to middle and high school students. The goal is to equip students with the ability to approach any problem and understand how to adapt the rapidly changing future. Prepare the students to today to solve tomorrow's problems. Today, we'll explore how Praja, at the young age of 15, is changing the world. So, Praja,
0: welcome to the show.
2: Yeah, thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a real pleasure. Um, and honestly, as a, as a parent, a real inspiration to see you know, what young people like yourself are, are doing to make a, you know, a dent in the universe, as Steve Jobs would like to say. Um, how, how are you doing these days?
2: Um, I'm good. Uh, COVID seems to be picking up again a little bit with the Delta variant. Um, but for the most part, it's still summer. So as a student, uh, I'm on summer vacation. Uh, we're not going back to school <laughs> for a bit. So we still have another like, one or two weeks. But uh, let's see where it goes from here.
0: Cool. You guys will be all heading back uh in person for classes and stuff or
2: Yeah, our so so far our school system is all they've said was this was like a month ago, they said that we were going to be wearing masks for the first month of school. Um I think that's more than fine and I think we're probably going to end up wearing masks for a lot longer than the first month, but yeah, we're going to be starting in person with masks. <laughs>
0: So with, uh, with all this extra spare time, I can only imagine what, you know, someone like you might be up to, what, what some of the interesting things you're, uh, you're focused on this summer.
2: Yeah. So this summer I've been focused on growing this organization called Impact the Future. And the real goal right now is creating a design thinking course, because I very heavily believe in this process called design thinking, which is about creative problem solving and how we can teach youth how to really approach any problem. Like the school systems today keep teaching students what to think rather than how to think. And I think a really important skill for students who are going to be going into this rapidly changing workplace in the future is to know how to adapt and how to approach certain problems they face. So the skill of problem solving and critical thinking and cr- really creative problem solving is something that's really, really important to me as a student and is as a student I've observed that's going to be important to my peers as they continue this um, adventure into the workplace. <laughs>
0: So not just going to the beach and, and playing video games.
2: Yeah, no, that's that's definitely <laughs> had to been some component of it. But um, yeah, that's been my primary focus this summer.
0: <laughs> yeah. Tell, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Kind of what's what's been like your educational path and, and yeah, just gives a little, little background.
2: Yeah. So I've been attending my public school system since first grade. Um, I actually moved to this district in first grade. I used to live in New York City. Um, but. So yeah, so so far I'm in 11th grade. I'm going into 11th grade right now. And something I've noticed just about the public school system is that I've been able to really thrive in it. It's been something that works well for me, but that might not be the case for anyone. I think I the reason it's worked so well is because I've been able to connect the content. And I really, really, like, I know a lot of people say this, I really do love to learn and the subjects that are taught in school really connect with me. Um, Outside of that, though, about four or five years ago, I started learning about design thinking and the properties that it could have in its application to students and how it could be a powerful tool for them to use to learn how to approach problems in a way that doesn't like demonize failure like the school system does today and really encourages them to grow as people. Um, But So design thinking sort of turned into my creative outlet. Um, but the school system has worked really well for me as a learner, but I know that's not the case for all people.
0: For sure. And that, you know, certainly on this, this podcast, that's, um, you know, it's what we're trying to do is highlight there's, there's many different paths. And, you know, as a dad, I've got three kids doing, you know, three different, different directions. So I, I know all about that, just trying to find the, the path that works. So yeah, that's awesome that you're, you know, you're on a path that's, that's working for you. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, um, Tell us a little bit more for those who aren't as familiar with the term design thinking. What, what exactly is that?
2: Yeah, so it's a five-step process of basically creative problem solving. Um, and one of the key values to design thinking that really drew me towards it was that it really emphasizes a human-centric point of view, which means that when you're solving the problem, I know a common like term or phrase in the business world is build the solution and the customers will come to you. With design thinking, you're identifying the problem you want to solve. And then, building the solution with those people in mind, so like you 'll take interviews you 'll make observations, and you 'll really get the input of the people you 're trying to help in the creative process of the problem solving stage and that 's something that um, was really appealing to me about the design thinking process because it doesn 't just build a solution like there's so many types of things today in my mind where people are just trying to build towards a solution like they have this great idea, they want to put it into implementation. But design thinking really says, wait, just take a step back, and who are you really trying to connect with? And because it's that belief that the people who are being affected by the problem hold the answer, and that you're there to sort of cultivate that answer into a viable solution for the everyday world.
0: Interesting. Yeah, and so yeah, I mean, I can think of a lot of products out there that um, feel like they're missing that <laughs> missing yeah. that component. You know, more more great ideas, but not really validated as a as a useful solution um so at the age of 11 or 12 then it sounds like that's where you really got your interest in this how how did that come about
2: yeah so i was actually just reading an article actually and it said if you're a design thinker this may sound like you and i know that's like every buzzfeed article nowadays but i really connected uh-huh. with it and i thought like wow this is a really really cool way of problem solving and so i took some online courses through like coursera um and just like some free ones online but i became really invested in the material because i just enjoyed it and for me at the time i was going into school and i was studying for tests i was sort of going like from assignment to assignment but i didn't really have any creative outlet in my life and so i saw this design thinking as a chance to be creative outside of school
0: yeah i'm i'm just i'm so I'm curious i think you touched on it a little bit as we got started in our conversation um but you're really passionate you know about um other kids your age or other youth your age you know acquiring these design thinking skills which is which is kind of interesting to me is that, you know in my background in consulting in the agile software development world you know design thinking is a is a common term that we use and um but you know, obviously for people who are you know, in in business and, and working on problems um but you're really passionate about about young people acquiring these skills and you talked a little bit earlier about you know part of it is being able to be okay with, with failure and then try and experimenting things. I wonder if you could expand on, you know, your passion and your belief that, um, you know, kids like Graham here should, should really invest in design thinking, uh, design thinking, thinking.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Um, well, I would say the number one reason that it's really important for youth to really learn about the components and principles of design thinking is because in order to be equipped for I mean, we've seen the future change so rapidly over the last like 20 years. So in order for students to really be equipped for that rapidly changing future, they need to build the skills of how to approach problems. So that involves like critical thinking, problem solving, creativity. And what I've found is that in the school system, we are actually taught some of these skills. Well, some of us are. What I think is that like when students are really able to connect to the content that is being taught past like that superficial level of I'm just doing it for an A+, but really, really connect with the material, they look past the assignment and we really learn those skills. But the problem is the, sc- the way that we're taught sort of like mandates every student to follow the same progression. And when you sort of uh-huh. create that mandate, it's hard for a lot of majority of the students, I would say, to follow that and really gain those skills. So there's only a small percentage of students that are gaining those skills from connecting to the content. There'll be other students who are just taking the class for the A plus or maybe other students who are not connecting at all and don't see the value of what they're learning. And like I I hear this term all the time and I'm sure you guys do, too, is like, oh, I'm never going to use this math equation in the real world or this science thing is useless. Like, when am I ever going to see this again? I think it's hard for students to connect to the content. And when they don't connect, they don't learn those skills. And so what I wanted to do with design thinking was bring a different way for students to be innovative and problem solve and really have an impact on the world around them while learning these skills, because they are extremely important to mm. the jobs of the future and being able to solve these problems that we see every single day. I mean, like it seems like after COVID, the 2020 year, we had so many social and environmental issues that have just plagued the world Um Uh and it's really important for skills to learn I mean students to learn these skills
1: yeah awesome um so tell us a little bit more about this amazing experience that you had at design the future
2: yeah so that was an experience where we worked with a woman with multiple sclerosis basically she had an ankle brace and she was uncomfortable walking around in public because she had scooby-doo or like all, she was a really small woman and all the braces out there designed for her or that size were like Scooby-Doo or Disney princesses. And it was really difficult for her to walk around in public because she had to wear this really, really, um, a brace that really like showed like uh, a lot of people, visible brace, sorry, that was the word for it. She had to wear this really visible brace and it was difficult for her. Um, so I joined this program and it was just a one week summer program where we learned how to use design thinking and how to like apply that to, um, people with disabilities. So we worked with a small group of about probably five, 13 year olds. And through the design thinking process, we worked with the woman's name is Annika. We worked with Annika and we really, really learned rather than just what like seemed to be the problem, what actually was the problem. And the problem was that she felt uncomfortable walking around in public. The brace design was made for children and she had a l- slightly larger feet than that and it like didn't fit her well. And we took all these things into account and made her a prototype of a brace that she felt comfortable wearing in public. And I think the reason that that experience was so transformative to me was because it really showed me that students and especially young people can have an impact on the world around them and that they can create change and even change someone's life, which up until that point, I didn't think it was possible. My only focus was school. Uh, my only focus was mm. getting A's on tests and doing well on assignments and meeting the teacher's expectations. But that experience showed me that any student can sort of create change and any student can change someone's life. And that design thinking was one of the perfect ways to do that for students because it created a system where it like sort of takes failure in and says you should learn from that failure. I mean, we had a couple of times that we messed up or we failed, I guess. And we worked with the person that was being affected by the problem, in this case, Annika, to keep working at it and keep developing a better solution.
0: Yeah, it's almost, I mean, you pretty much, in order to find the solution, you pretty much have to go through those those failures, right? Um, and be willing to iterate and, and try a lot of different things. Um, wow, that's that's really powerful. Um, I can only imagine, too, that, that it would foster a lot of you know like empathy for the person with with the situation it's not just um you know it's not just a textbook problem or you know something on a computer screen but you've got this real person who's got a real situation and and you're doing something that's yeah you know, touching touching her life and you're getting to hear about it so yeah. i can ima- i can imagine how rewarding that must have felt
2: and that's actually the first step of the design thinking process is empathizing or empathy so that kind of perfectly encapsulates like really the core component of it, which is having empathy for someone. And that idea of giving back as even a young person. um, I know this generation has some of the worst mental health statistically and some of the worst suicide rates. And the idea of trying to give back to your community in a way that's meaningful and positive and giving back to a problem that you can really connect with and seeing that meaningful change can be really, really valuable to helping people find their purpose and exploring their passion.
0: So one of the things I was curious about, um, you know, once you sort of acquired these, these design thinking skills, I can only imagine, you know, kind of feel like, I like what you're like one of the, the Marvel superheroes. Now you've got the superpower that you can, you can go out there and, and use to change the world, right? Um, so I'm just kind of curious if there's been other situations in your life or whatever where you've applied design thinking and, and gotten a, a really cool result.
2: Yeah, so um, part of what I'm doing with this Impact the Future program is I've developed a course for students, a free course for students to take where they take the principles of design thinking and select a real world problem that they've observed in the world around them and then work to solve that problem um, using design thinking. So we actually did a prototype, our organization did a prototype uh, this year, this school year, where I was involved with a group of students at my middle school. And basically, obviously COVID was a huge problem and it was on everyone's mind. I think during, as a student, during e-learning, we really, really felt helpless. We would see like all these adults, my dad is a frontline worker. So I would see him like go out of his, uh, out of the house every day when we were under lockdown and all these other adults were sort of mobilizing, but the students felt really, really helpless because it was difficult for us to just sit here and stare at our computer all day while the entire world was basically sacrificing their lives. Um, So we started this program at our school this year and we worked with a dozen 10-year-olds. It was me and a dozen 10-year-olds. And we, they all really were passionate about this COVID problem because it was something that we all felt as like this common feeling of helplessness totally, throughout yeah. the student body. Yeah, um, And so we decided to use this. So I developed some of the, a, a rough prototype of this course and we went through the course. And by the end of the year, we had sort of identified a problem, which was a bunch of like all these adults we're obviously focusing on the main priority, which was keeping people safe. Um, and it was really interesting to see because at first we had these ideas, like obviously they're 10 year olds, they're like, let's make the next vaccine or let's design a new type of mask. And it was, it was really great to see that um, this ambitious and creative nature of young people. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Which, which is another, another really good point, right? Is, um, you know, I, and I think I've seen this time and time again, and I think you're talking about it, is when, when given the chance. right. I mean, kids have so much energy, enthusiasm and creativity that's just waiting to be tapped. And it sounds like you were experiencing that there.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, it was really great to be a mentor to some of these students, because like you said, there's so much untapped creativity and energy and excitement to really help the world around them, because I think they don't really get these opportunities very often where they're able to have an impact in a meaningful way. Like it's not readily offered, at least by the school system. Um, but I think there was a lot of excitement when they were able to at least start thinking about what they could do to help the people that they see, like dying literally around them. Um, and I think, so, so we started that process and they were really ambitious about saving people's lives. That was the primary focus. Um, and I kind of let them go with it because I didn't want to involve, like, I wouldn't want to be too intrusive on their train of thoughts. I didn't really step in like with their, um, ideas, but I think eventually they kind of, figured, yeah, making a vaccine may not be the best use of our time during our like two hour workshops every week or something like that. So um, we eventually moved on. They moved on a little bit and they kind of started playing around with the idea of, yeah, we've seen all these adults trying to keep people safe, but what's happening to our environment? Because through design thinking, we sent out surveys. This is a part of the interview. Like there's a phase that's heavily reliant on observation and interviewing. So we started sending out surveys. We were asking and interviewing people around the school, teachers, and even in the community, like community leaders. And what we found was that there was a huge, huge mask um, waste problem in our school because people were using 10 masks a week. And that's incredible because that's more than one a day. I mean, you go to soccer practice, you wear a disposable mask. All sweaty. all you take it off, throw it out, put on a new one. And that cycle keeps continuing. And people didn't realize how many masks they were using. We even interviewed the environmental club, which is a club at our school. They had recently done a trash cleanup where they picked up six bags of disposable masks, medical masks, which is absolutely insane because we have like a team of janitors at our school who clean these up, which means that it was v- like the masks accumulate at a very rapid pace and we eventually did some research and found out 3 million masks are thrown away every single minute at least at the height of the covid-19 pandemic every every minute every minute yeah and it was like wow. some crazy number like 1.54 trillion in 2020 i believe um and it it was really is, yeah like, oh i
0: just that's yeah, it's, great if you're an owner or or have stock in a company that makes these things yeah
2: yeah for sure yeah
0: but what a cost to the environment
2: yeah it's 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 awful um the cost yeah the cost to the environment is completely awful and that's what we realized that the adults were like taking this initiative to keep people safe because obviously that's the primary focus but there was little regard for what was happening to the environment during this time and yes you would see reusable masks or masks that can be cleaned but majority of the masks, especially majority of the masks that were being thrown out were those medical disposable masks that you've seen doctors wear for the last, I don't even know how long, like the ones that have, uh, the, the most common ones, I would say. Um, and so the students used design thinking to basically prototype and set up this product where they used UV radiation to clean masks. So basically extending the life of disposable masks. So, what we would do is we would take a dirty mask, like you used it for a day. You're actually supposed to throw out masks, I think, every day or every two days because they build up bacteria. So, you would take your mask that's dirty and put it in this UV machine and click a button that would clean it for one minute. And then, when you take it out, it's cleared of most bacteria. That way you can use the mask multiple times without really having to worry about the side effects and also not having to worry about the environmental damage that you're doing by throwing one out every day. And by doing this, they were able to have an impact on the world around them. And it was really amazing to see how when we set this up at the front of our school, they were literally able to see the number of masks that were being saved every time someone used the machine.
0: That's really cool. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Um, and I can only imagine how how rewarding it would have felt. So yeah super super cool
2: yeah i think so like another aspect of that was that they received obviously like their 10 year old they received a lot of recognition from like the principal and the community but like i said before like i think the thing that connected with them most and the most rewarding aspect of it was literally being able to see the number of masks that were being saved because we have like this counter on it that every time it's open like we can tell um and just to be able to see that for them was really, really inspiring to me as well, because there were so many times where I wanted to jump in and say, well, we should do it this way, or this is not the, really the correct way to do it. But I stopped myself and they eventually found something that I couldn't even think of as 10-year-olds through design thinking. I was just honestly amazed and I'm really, really grateful for the experience of just being able to watch them, watch them work.
1: So it's a little bit unusual to see someone at your age founding an organization, especially with huge ambitions. So what kind of gave you courage to go down this path?
2: Yeah, I think for me, it was just that feeling of empowerment I got from design thinking when I had done that program, that summer program. Um, I think understanding that even at a young age, you can have an impact or influence or even try to change someone's life is a really, really valuable experience. And especially during COVID-19 I think COVID-19 was that catalyst moment for me because I wanted to give this feeling of like empowerment to other students during a time where everyone felt helpless in the sense that we couldn't do anything about a worldwide virus.
1: Yeah. So was it during the pandemic that you founded your organization or when, when was that?
2: Yeah. So I had this, I wanted to sort of bring design thinking to the education system and students, but I didn't really know how. Um, But over the the COVID-19 pandemic, it was it was very, very awful for so many of us, but it did give me time. And so I kind of, I well, I developed a design thinking course, a prototype of the course during this time, and I was able to test it out the next year and then improve on that based on like the feedback and what I saw worked and what didn't work to develop a free online course that's taken by groups of students um, for this upcoming school year.
1: So with school and all, I imagine you don't have a lot of time to work on these things. Um, so do you have anyone else helping you with, with this work or is it just you?
2: Um, so one of the benefits of taking all these design thinking courses was that I knew the curriculum really, really well. And I was able to come up with a course that I thought would work better for students. Um, majority of the design thinking courses today are being taught by adults, um, and aimed for adults. Like some of these courses I'll, jo- I'll join, have like people who say, um, 19 plus years of experience at this company. And I've only been alive for like 15, 16 years. Um, and it's it's really odd to see like the adult community that's sort of using design thinking to train their employees in a positive way and have them learn these skills. But um, for me as a student, I think it was important for me to see a design thinking course that was created that was simple enough for a 10-year-old to understand and that could really connect with them and have them take away these skills that could help them in the future. Um, but to answer your question, it was it was mostly me developing the curriculum. Now I've been able to have such great conversations with so many other people in the field and so many other people in the space. And we're building a team around that. So, um, But yeah, for the curriculum and everything before that, it was, yeah, most of me, I would say.
1: Okay. So tell us a little bit more about the program that you're offering.
2: Yeah, so this is a design. So it's an online free design thinking course. And basically, uh, the way it's supposed to work is that kind of functions like the way we did it this year is it functioned as an after school club. So basically, the students would meet once a week, do the work outside, both outside and inside the meetings, and then sort of touch base and talk together as a team of students um, developing this idea, this project. Uh, The way I envision it working this upcoming year is that basically, A school or a student from a school can sign up for the course and learn the material and then just start these clubs on their own at their school. Um, And I think the only thing is this course kind of supplements what it's like to have a mentor or instructor in the course. And it's designed to basically introduce students to the concept of design thinking and then provide them with like resources, templates, organizers, which they can have at their disposal to solve these problems, such as like an interviewing template or like a stakeholder mapping uh, activity, um, that way they can sort of do these activities and templates and organizers during the club and uh, use them whenever they see fit.
0: And that's really cool. I was just thinking about Galileo, uh, which is a, an, on, an online self-directed education uh, platform that uh, Graham attends, and they've done some design, taking stuff in in the past, and uh, I think it'd be cool to maybe check this out and see what. How it might be able to fit into the, some of the stuff that, that Galileo is doing. So so you yeah, so my next question was who can participate? So it sounds like what you're saying is um like any any anyone at a at a school could could pick this up, could could learn essentially the process and then use that to then then lead a, a larger group um in their school. That's kind of the, the idea of you're you're looking to to roll this out as.
2: Yeah, so right now I'm basically any principal, teacher, student that wants to bring one of these courses or even parent that wants to bring one of these courses to their school system. Because the whole goal is to help these students solve community problems while understanding and picking up on these skills in a deeper at a deeper level. So any student, parent, teacher, principal that wants to bring one of these clubs to their school system can um, contact me on the website, impactthefuture.net. And basically what we'll do is we'll supply them with this free course and they take the course basically together as a club. So you'll sit down with X number of students and you'll basically watch. It's not even that many videos. It's it's, I think only a couple like hours of content meant to take over the first three weeks and then past that. It's free to explore like whatever aspects of design thinking you want. Because one of the challenges I found when um, coming up with this course is that as someone like who's like a design thinking expert almost, I was able to lead these students this year and change things where needed and say, okay, we're gonna skip this and sure. come back to it later. But it's really difficult to do that for a problem-solving course. What the solution to that is a lot of these courses will have given problems. They'll say, okay, this is the problem, come up with a solution. And that way they can sort of standardize everything that when no one has to be there, no one has to consult with them. They can just have X amount of videos and you keep clicking next, next, next until you're done with the course. What's challenging about that for a design thinking and problem solving course is that problems aren't like that. You can't just click next, 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 and be done with solving your problem it 's not that simple, so I've designed a course that sort of introduces them to design thinking and then allows them to explore with all the support that they need to really solve a problem and uh, Whatever road it takes them or whatever aspect they take to solve the problem, they have the resources needed to approach that.
0: yeah, one thing I was curious about is you know especially for for people who might be you know new to it versus yourself um, like is there like a like an online community like are you available to answer? questions if if people are getting stuck or not sure which which way to go um yeah what's what's available for that for that kind of support
2: yeah so i'm always like there to help whoever needs the help on the like when they're solving their problem and uh you can there's always so along with the course is like my contact information and if needed i can even do like consulting uh days with like the group where i just hear their problem and they talk to me about it and i can kind of help them along with the process. But the really nice part about this is that people are natural problem solvers. I mean, since the beginning of human history, really, we've always come up with new ways to be innovative and to solve problems in our everyday world that we see around us. And so a large part of it actually relies on intuition because people can, when they put their mind to it, really solve any problem, especially when they're in a group of people. And when those people in a group sort of come together and brainstorm they can like sort of progress on it on its own. But yeah, I'm always there for consultation or support to any group that needs it. You
0: know, one question that just came to mind, um, is something you, you mentioned earlier is I'm, I'm thinking about what you talk about, how people are natural problem solvers. I think the, some of the irony though, is as you point out with schooling and other things in life, right, is that natural tendency gets kind of pushed down, right? Gets constrained, gets discouraged and, I think for a lot of people, a lot of youth, um, adults later in life, um, we're kind of afraid to, to, to try and, and to do things. So, um, when you were, when you were beta testing this, did, I mean, you 10 year olds, maybe it's not as pervasive, but did you, did you notice some of that? Like part of like being successful in, in learning design thinking is to also go through a bit of a, a mindset shift and a belief that, you know, yeah, I can. contribute to something, I can try something.
2: That's, that's, I think that's exactly it, that it's a mindset change. And when I tell people about design thinking, it's not really a process. It it is five steps and the way it's been marketed today, it's a process, but it's a mindset that you have to adopt really, because it's, it's more about the mindset you take into problem solving than the problem solving process itself. I mean, one thing that's like, that um, stood out to me was there was a design thinking workshop, like experiment done. And basically, they took people of all ages, from five years old to, I mean, graduate graduates in business school. And they collected them, and they did this workshop activity from design thinking. And basically, the study results found that the people, the five-year-olds, the ones in kindergarten, succeeded the most at the activity, and the people at the eldest age, who were graduates from college, basically failed the assignment because it was about being creative and using your mind. I mean, they had to basically build. this the tallest tower with marshmallows and spaghetti or something like that and
0: yeah i remember, I remember that yeah that's yeah, yeah that, that's that's a great great example the kindergartners
2: yeah. were like let's try a bunch of different things like it didn't really matter to
0: totally them. rocked it yeah
2: and <laughs> the ones that took it seriously and it's this culture of you have to get it right on your first try like in math you take a math test and you say this is my one and only shot if i mess up on this if i get a 20 percent on this no, like, yeah, the teacher may have a talk with me, but we're moving on as a class. This is my chance and I have to get it right on this first try or even a project. Most teachers in like advanced classes, it's this mindset that you have to get it right on the first try. And that's what I meant by the school system demonizes failure. It's this idea that if you don't get it right on the first try, then you're like you messed up and you can't learn from that.
0: So, so what, what, what do you have in the program itself? Do you feel helps to alleviate some of that, that fear?
2: Yeah. So, and, and, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the program is really, so the beginning of the program, I would say, is really, really highly focused on helping these the users to adopt this mindset. Because without the mindset, it's really, really difficult to move on from there. So the beginning of the program, we have like videos and examples and resources and instructions on how do you adopt a design thinking mindset? Because it took me a while because I was in this cycle of just going from, like I said, assignment to assignment, and I didn't really have a creative outlet. And um, it really works well with younger students um, who have a natural tendency for creativity. Uh, and for older students, it takes them a little while, but the older students can also be a little bit more mature. So th- once they have that introduction to the fact that you just need to drop that mindset you previously had and try to adopt this new mindset when it comes to problem solving, Problem solving, um, the older, more mature students are able to do that relatively quickly. It just takes them some time. Um, and it takes them that video or two to really understand what they have to do. But for the younger children, it's mostly that they already have this in them. They're just really excited to use it.
0: Cool. Thanks.
1: Yeah. So, so far it kind of sounds like you're fairly busy with all the stuff that you're doing. Um, but in the free time that you do have, what other hobbies do you like to do?
2: yeah, um, like I said, like I'm really, really interested in like school and I really do love the stuff I do. Um, this year I'm gonna be learning a lot about physics and math and world history. Uh but other than that, I love to read and I love to play squash a lot. So I'm playing on the squash team for my school this year.
0: Cool. I was just curious too, what what are what are your plans for the future, both for like your your organization and, and for you personally? Where where do you see life taking you
2: Yeah, I'm really a- Yeah. Uh, I'm really interested in entrepreneurship and business. And I think it's really important for youth, especially to have this confidence that they can solve problems. And that's also a large mission of it because people, like I said, like they're afraid of failure and they don't have this confidence that they can affect the world around them and to sort of nurture and foster that confidence in students. This creative confidence is one of the goals of my organization. Um, But yeah, so I would love to go into entrepreneurship and business and, um, especially social entrepreneurship. That's something that I'm really, really interested in. And as far as the organization, I would love to start as many programs as possible around the world. And we already have for this upcoming school year, this last school year was just for my school, but this upcoming school year, we already have a couple schools signing up for um, starting these programs worldwide. And we'll see where that goes.
1: Super cool. Awesome. So just to kind of wrap up here, what would you say to parents listening out there who want to encourage their kids to be problem solvers?
2: Yeah, I think that it's the mentality that anyone can do it. And um, it's really important for students and parents to understand that you don't need to get it right. So it's that idea that you can fail as many times as you want. You just need to get it right once. And when you do get it right, it's just a testament to your hard work and how you've really worked through the process and adopted this creative mindset. Um, And also, the second thing is there's a large misconception that people aren't creative but the truth is that everyone is really creative. It's just about making sure that you have a right place and environment to nurture that. And in a place that demonizes failure, failure like the school system, it's really, really difficult to do that. And people tend to lose creativity as they go through the school system. But um, I think in an environment where you can accept failure as a key part of learning, um, your creativity will really blossom.
0: Yeah. So, you no know, doubt as a parent and for other parents out there is... is is. In, in the environment you have in your, in your home and whatnot is yeah allow your kids to try things, experiment, celebrate learnings, not failures as learnings and, and um, yeah, allow allow them to be creative. So thank you. Uh, Praja, just fin- finally um, work and people find out more about what you're doing and get in touch with you.
2: Yeah. So um, my website is impactthefuture.net and uh, we're working on this course and we're actually working on a new initiative as well called If I Could, I Would. And the whole idea behind this initiative is sort of for people to share their hopes, dreams, and really aspirations of what the future of education and what the future they want to look like. Um, And by sharing this, we hope to sort of create a united voice and help people's dreams inspire others to create change. Um, So that's an initiative coming out soon.
1: Awesome. All right. Well, it was a lot
0: of fun having the show. So thank you.
2: Yeah. Thank you so yeah, much. It was, for having it was
0: me. a real, yeah. Oh yeah, just yeah. Again, just as a as a parent, um, just really excited about what you're doing, project. It's, I can see the 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 energy and the enthusiasm you have for what you're doing. Clearly, you found something you're really passionate about, and uh, it's just exciting, you know, to see uh, youth like yourself um, changing the world for the better. Because ultimately, it's it's going to be the, the youth that um, are going to inherit the world. So um, we need we need more uh, more projects in the world.
2: Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me and for giving a voice to people like me who really, really want to create this type of change and see a better future. Awesome. Thanks.